Welcome to the Dime Podcast, where we share our two cents about five questions to help simplify your business so you can focus on your mission. We are talking about preparing for taxes in this episode, and taxes is not a fun word for most people to talk about, and we're going to have some fun. I'm Neil Smith, and I'm joined by the CEO and founder of Dime, Ben Habeck. Ben, I'm curious, do you, what's your first memory of paying taxes as an adult? <laughs> well, I, I have two that I'll share with you. Yeah. So the, the first one is actually a, a learning experience. Um, I, was, I was a freshman in college, and my, I did my taxes for my, I, I think it was my first time. It might have been the second time. But I, I did my tax return. I was at college and um, I had worked for a landscaping company and they paid me as an independent contractor. They didn't pay me as an employee. And so I got my taxes done. I'm a poor college kid. This was years ago. And uh, I owed like $800 in taxes. And I called my dad and I said, dad, if I don't put that income from that that 1099 in there, I'm actually going to get money back. But if I put that income from that 1099 in there, then I owe them money. So it, will the IRS ever know? How will they know if I put that in there or not? And he said, listen, you're an adult now. And the right thing to do is put that in there. The IRS may never find out. Most likely they will, but they may not. Um, if they do, you'll have to pay it anyway. But the right thing to do is to put it in there. And so I recommend you put it in there, but you're an adult. You make your own decision. And it was one of those, you know, moments in life where it was like, hmm, uh, but I did put it in there. I figured out a way to pay the bill and I paid my tax bill and moved on with life. But um, the other experience I had, well, I won't tell the other experience. Oh, you're just going to, you're going to leave that sitting out. I'll tell you my experience and I'll give you a second chance to tell the other because I'm curious. You, you just, you put it out there. It's such a tease. Um, so I was 22 years old, had my first job out of college, started at mid-year. I was a youth minister at a church uh, making very little uh, as a 22-year-old middle school youth minister. And, uh, and I, I did my first year of taxes and I got $500 back and I thought I'd hit the jackpot. I was like, taxes are awesome. Uh, I love taxes. And next year I was like, well, since I did that in half a year this last year, I'm going to do next year, I'm going to get $1,200 back probably. And sure enough, next year taxes, I did not get $1,200 back. It was because of the timing and certain other factors that I got that $500 tax credit. Now I owe $200. And so taxes <laughs> were not so much of my friend uh, year two of taxes. So that was, that was my beginning of understanding taxes and uh, what I found to be a joy and not so much of a joy. But are you, are you willing to share the other story now? I'll share the other story. So the other story is when I, when we first got married, when I first got married, we, we did our taxes together. First time ever filing a joint tax return. Um, so we did our taxes and uh, I think we were getting, or we had to pay, we were going to pay like $200. It was, it was some sort of nominal amount. Um, but we were newly married and we had no deductions. We didn't know what we were doing. And so did our tax returns. So I was working for a big company at the time and, and my boss, I told my boss I was going to have to pay taxes. And he said, well, you must have done something wrong. Let me do your tax return. And if I do your tax return and, get, and you get money back, then pay me something to do your tax return. But if you don't get any money back and, and I come out with the same answer, then you know, no, no harm, no foul, no loss. 
is what it is. Well, he did my tax return and uh, I ended up getting money back. And so I did pay him something, but you know, there's always that, you know, a lot of people talk about that. Oh, if two CPAs do the tax return, <laughs> they will never come up with the same number. And I've actually found that to be true. <laughs> oh, oh wow. that is, that is a good story. Uh, interesting how that how that works and it's kind of one of those pieces of it's confusing as to like why is that the case but i'm not going to ask too many questions um and and let's let's get into taxes a little bit from a mindset perspective of most of us have the mindset and and i i will own this of taxes is just something we have to do because we have to do it and it's just what it is is there a positive mindset that some of us could have that could better help us approach taxes? Well, I'm going to answer that question, but let me, let me say something else. Let me preface this whole discussion yep. um, by explaining a little bit about how this whole tax thing works. Yep. Um, because I think this is a, it's a little bit of a confusing process. Um, forget about the tax return in general, and let's just assume that you make $100,000 a year. So you make 100,000, that's a lot of money, but let's just assume you make it for math to make the math easy. Let's assume you make $100,000 a year and you have, you then fall into, let's just say, and this isn't correct, but let's say you fall into a 10% tax bracket. You would pay $10,000 in taxes. So the way the whole system works is throughout the year, when you're getting paid, the payroll company is trying to guess how much you're gonna get paid for the year and they're trying to withhold enough money to, so that at the end of the year, when you, when you say, okay, I actually made my 100,000, then you've already paid your $10,000 in taxes, everything's good. So throughout the year, the payroll company, your employer, yourself, et cetera, everybody's just trying to guess how much are we gonna make for the entire year, and then let's pay that amount in, or the appropriate amount in throughout the year so that we don't have to pay it at the end of the year then all a tax return is, is saying, we thought this was going to happen. Here's what actually happened. And now here's what we owe, or here's what we get back. We overpaid because we made less money or we overpaid because for whatever reason. And so all a tax return is, is saying, we thought this was going to happen. Here's what actually happened. So I need more, you know, give me some back or I'm going to give you some more. So I wanted to preface this whole conversation by saying that because I think some people don't understand that concept. Yeah, I, I don't think that I understood that, that concept. I just did it because I felt like I had to do it. And I tried did the least. I feel like it's almost like homework in high school. I don't pay attention to it. I just got it done uh, because I had to get it done. Um, and, and so maybe if we approach taxes and not realize, maybe it's more about just evening up at, at the end. Um, and it's, 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 it's literally really what it is. We're, we're evening, evening it up. And I think that, you know, when, when we had kids, uh, and our kids started going to school and, and my kids go to public schools. We live in a good district where public schools are really good. Um, you know, I realized, Hey, I've actually been paying these taxes that are going towards these public schools. And um, you know, there's a lot of benefits that we don't think about that we are getting just by living in our society. And if we didn't contribute and didn't, you know, pay our taxes, we wouldn't necessarily get to drive on the roads we get to drive on and these sort of things. So it's, it's hard to look at it, but, uh, you know, from a positive perspective and make, make this a fun discussion. But the reality is you yep. get lots and lots of really great benefits yep. um, that, that, you know, nobody really talks about. It's just a grueling process. We have to pay all this money in taxes, but you know, 
we, we need to consider what we're actually getting for it because it's a lot. Yeah, that, that's a good word. I think that is a good mindset of just maybe just do some quick math of you get roads, you get p- police, you get uh, all, all of these, you know, public schools and all the things that our taxes do provide. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing when you, when you think about it. And then at the end of the day, when you have to pay more taxes, it's because you made more money. Uh, and so uh, that's maybe not such a bad thing either. And so when, when we get, when we get uptight about taxes, uh, may, maybe we're stressing ourselves uh, in an unnecessary way. But let's, let's, let's get practical here um, because for, for somebody who isn't real detailed, one of the hassles of taxes is getting all the paperwork together. Um, and now we're in a digital age of paperwork uh, many times of we're getting a lot of invoices via digital uh, email or, or other avenues. Is there, is there a best way uh, that, that you've seen in being, being around uh, taxes that we should be, should we do like a Dropbox folder and keep everything in there and scan it and digitize it? Should we keep it all physical and mail uh, our accountant uh, or whoever's doing our taxes a, a big envelope with everything in it? Should we print everything out? What, what do you see? How do we get organized around our taxes every year? Well, let me, I'm sorry, I'm not sometimes specifically answering these questions, but the, this will sound a little bit like a sales pitch, yeah. but it's not. I think the best thing you can do is to not do your taxes yourself. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say that, there's, there's actually many reasons I say that, but the, the main reason I say that is because a tax preparer is going to walk you through a process, whether they send you an organizer that you fill out on your own, Um, or you meet with them in person, they're going to walk you through a process that helps you understand what are all the things that I should be thinking about. So if you do your own taxes, you're going to go into TurboTax or something and just answer questions. Um, But there's a lot of stuff that that program isn't going to necessarily ask you about. And so if you hire a CPA, and I, I think it's important that you hire a CPA, somebody that's actually, you know, got a degree or has a certification in tax preparation, um, is really important, but go to a professional um, and let them walk you through that process. The other thing that does is then every year when you go back to meet with them again, they're going to say, here's your organizer and here's the answers that you had that you, you uh, or the, here's what we put in your tax return from last year. So what happened this year? Do you still have that investment account? Do you still have that house? Did you buy a new house? Do you have a new car? You know, all those different things. And so that'll help you not forget stuff. And then they are, they're professionals. So they're going to ask you all the right questions. What about this? What about that? Um, And the thing we do, and this is going to sound, you know, in the digital age where everybody's taking Dropbox and scanning stuff and putting, um, we do that. So we, we specifically uh, get letters in the mail because the IRS still requires you to mail things. You know, you're, Mortgage company is still going to mail you a statement and that sort of thing. Most of these things you can log in and download and get online too. Um, but when those things come in the mail, we put them in a file folder and we just put them on the counter for a month because they come in through the whole month of January. Um, and so we put them all in there. And then when we sit down with our accountant or we sit down with that organizer, we take those papers that we've received, we mash it up to our organizer, and then we usually download the document put it in a Dropbox folder and then email everything off to, um, to our, our tax accountant. And for what it's worth, and this will sound totally weird, but our company does thousands of tax returns a year. Um, since, inse- you know, since we started the company, we've done tens of thousands of tax returns. I don't do my own tax return. I think it's really, really important for somebody else 
to over, you know, to review everything that I've done throughout the year and to do my tax return for me because I'm too close to it. So I hire somebody else to do my tax return. Interesting. Interesting. So uh, great practical information. And I, I still remember the first time um, and I don't know, I hated doing taxes, but it was harder for me to let somebody else do them for me. But I remember, uh, I, and I remember that first year I did it myself and I had them do it and they saved me. I mean, I, it was double what I, you know, um, whatever, whatever the, whatever I was paying them and the, the amount of benefit I got from using them was double. Um, had I, had I, uh, you know, uh, anyways, uh, it, it done it myself. So it really was a fantastic investment. And now just even the, the load, the, the lightened emotional load of getting that support is, is massive. And so I, I, I'm a, I second, uh, that, that recommendation. So here, can I, yep. can I throw one other thing Please. out there? Um, again, this will totally sound like a sales pitch. It, it, it's not a sales pitch. Um, I think that people look at their accountants as though they're that guy or that girl they go see one time a year in March or in April just to get the taxes done and to get out of there. Um, One of the reasons that I started this company in the first place was I didn't want that anymore. Hmm. I wanted people to have an actual relationship with their accountant and I wanted them to, um, to come to an office that was inviting and that was interesting and uh, to meet with people that were forward thinking, um, you know, tax people. And so our office doesn't look like sort of a traditional office and that sort of thing. Um, but I would encourage you to build a relationship with your tax accountant, go to lunch with them, take them to lunch one time a year, two times a year, you know, meet with them once a quarter and just talk about, Hey, here's where, here's how things are going. What should I be thinking about? What should I be considering? You know, that person, Honestly, the tax accountants, when I talk to these people all the time, like every day I talk to tax accountants, they want to communicate more with their customers. Their customers just don't want to communicate with them. So pursue your tax accountant. We want you to. Um, And we actually, Dime has a product called MyCFO that encourages that. We don't charge you to do your tax return in April. We just charge you a small amount of money throughout the year but that encourages that sort of monthly or quarterly discussion with your tax accountant um, because they're just, they understand your full financial picture and they'll have really, really good insight for you. So you're saying that accountants are people too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we are. I had no idea. No idea. All this time, all this time. Well, it's, it is good to, to have that information now uh, in our, in my mind when it comes to timing on on preparing your documents and getting them to your accountant. I assume we shouldn't wait till April 14th, maybe April 13th is a good date. What, how, how soon should you be getting stuff ready uh, when, it, when it comes to that April 15th deadline or however you, know, you, you work that out timing-wise? Okay, so best case scenario, if I, if I had my magic wand, yep. everybody would go see their accountant in October. Okay. September, October timeframe, go visit your accountant, take your pay stub with you, tell them what's going on, okay? Here's what happened, la- they'll be able to look at last year, okay, here's what you did, hey, you're making more money this year, this is, so go talk to them, go set up a lunch appointment with them or go meet with them in September, October, November, sometime before the end of the year. Because whether you're a small business owner, you're a pastor, or you're, you're an employee that gets a regular W-2, mm-hmm. it will not hurt for you to go meet with that person in October, and they will give you advice 
that says, hey, you should go, you know, put money into a 401k or an IRA or, you know, whatever. Here's some things that you can do in November and December that can help mitigate some of your tax liability or can help reduce some of this. But the other thing it does is it preps you. It starts to prep you for after the first of the year when you need to start planning for your, or when you need to start getting all your documents and things together. So do that prep back in October. And then after the first of the year, just get it all together, get it to them in, you know, first, first couple, you know, two weeks of February, and then give them time to get your tax return done. If you're specifically, if you're hiring a CPA, don't rush them, give them a month to get your tax return done and let them spend a little bit of time. Let multiple people in their office kind of review your tax return because the more people that see it and look at it, the better your return's going to be and the more savings and the more benefits that you'll be able to find. That's great. And then should you dive in after they complete it uh, or should you trust them? How, how, do you, how do you navigate that kind of back and forth that could follow once they, once they complete it and send it to you uh, to, to submit? So... Uh, yes, you should definitely look at it. Um, so if you hire a CPA, you should trust them that they're putting the right numbers in the right place. Um, it's going to be really hard without you redoing the tax return. It's really, it's going to be hard for you to know, did, did that number go in the right place? Yeah. What you need to review is, uh, is that number correct? Did they put the right number there? Did they happen to fat finger it and put the wrong number in there? Yeah. Um, Last year I had this mortgage. Did they carry that mortgage over into this year? That sort of thing. So sort of compare last year's tax return to this year, but but trust them. I would I would trust your accountant. Um, you know, it's it's sort of their not sort of it is their responsibility to make sure the numbers are in the right place. Just remember though, they're human and they do make mistakes from time to time. So just double check the numbers. Yeah. So we keep coming back to accountants are people too. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. so we need to remember that. Okay. When it comes to tax brackets, I, I have friends that, that will play games with tax brackets and, and their goal is to pay as few, little taxes as possible. And they want to get into this lower tax bracket. Um, and, and, and they're, they're really monitoring that. And it does seem that you can save some significant money. Is that something that, uh, people should be focusing on or are, are, are they overthinking that? Is there a right or wrong answer to that? Or is that something you, you need to talk to your accountant and figure out? Yes. The answer is yes. Um, so talk to your accountant about it. Um, you know, you always hear that story of like, oh, I had to go buy this truck before the end of the year <laughs> because I needed to save money on taxes. Well, yeah. that doesn't, that is not true. If you go buy a truck, yes, it's going to save you money in taxes, but you're going to spend a whole lot of money, more money yeah. than what you're actually going to save. So it's, it's, it's really not very often that the tax accountant's going to tell you to go out and spend a, month, a bunch of money so that you can save money. Um, where that happens is if you're going to make a purchase already and you know, hey, we need to buy some new computers or we need to buy some new equipment or we're going to buy a new vehicle anyway, they may say, go ahead and buy that vehicle now because we'll get it into this tax year. But the truth is, if you buy it next year, it'll go on next year's tax return anyway. So expediting that process and whatever, there's a lot of different things out there that people try to do. I just, I'm pretty conservative. I would say, talk to your accountant. If you fit in that tax bracket, do what you can to sort of mitigate some of the liability. 
And there's lots of different investments and IRAs and conservation easements and all these different things that you can do to reduce the liability. But look, if you make a lot of money, you're going to pay a lot of taxes. So celebrate that. That's good. You know, if you have to write a big check, celebrate the fact that you made a lot of money this year. And so, yeah, it's frustrating. We've all had to do it. (laughs) Uh, That just means you had a pretty good year. So yeah. Plan better, plan better next year. Great, great perspective. What, and, and Ben, I moved from Texas to New York uh, and you live in Georgia. We pay different taxes because of where we live. Uh, it, that's been one of the most complicating, most confusing things for me is getting used to New York taxes. What, why, why do I pay different taxes than you? Uh, and, and how can people best understand the unique circumstances they have wherever it is that they live? It is, it's very hard, especially when you move. It's, it's hard. Um, and every state's different. So yep. when you file your, your tax return, you're filing with the IRS. That's the federal government. That's your federal tax. Yep. Um, you're also filing a state tax return. And so you're going to pay some taxes for the state as well. And in, in some states, um, you're going to pay local taxes. So you're also filing a tax return with the city sometimes or the county. Um, so that gets really, really complicated. I, I can't really, it, it would take all day for us to talk about all yeah. the different states and all their different nuances and, you know, different things like that. Just, I would say that every state is different. And so, again, really rely on that, on that tax accountant. Um, you know, and the other thing I would say is if you have a good relationship with your tax accountant, they don't have to be local. So they will understand the tax laws in all the different states and their software will help them understand and ask the right questions and things like that. These people, this is what they do. So if you've got a good relationship with your tax accountant in Texas and you move to New York, you can still keep using that tax accountant down in in Texas. And I would encourage you to do that just simply because of the relationship and they'll do a little research and they'll get to all the details of New York's tax laws and things like that. But it gets really complicated. Some states don't even have uh, state income tax. And so, you know, Texas, I guess, I think is one of those actually. So, yep. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Ben, the things I've, I've learned on this podcast is accountants are people and you need to build a relationship uh, with your accountant. Uh, big, big takeaways. What other things would you share as we wrap up this podcast uh, f- for those listening of, of how, how can they best prepare for taxes this year? Um, so the, the, the biggest thing, you know, aside from those two things, um, I, I will reiterate it again. Uh, tax accountants, although, the, although they are typically not the most extroverted people, um, they, I, I have not met a tax accountant yet that has said, I don't want to meet with people. Yep. They, they really do want to meet with you. They want to talk with you. Almost every tax accountant that I talk to, uh, when I ask them, you know, what do you enjoy about your job? The very first thing they said, it, they say is, I love meeting with the people and helping them with tax strategy. So pursue them, go after them. They're not probably going to pursue you because they're typically more introverted people, mm-hmm. but go meet with them. Talk to them more than just that one time a year. Um, and the other thing I would say is don't be afraid of taxes. There, there are, I think uh, sometimes our, our industry has done a really bad job of marketing themselves and so we've gone out and put billboards out that says, if the IRS is out to get you, then come see us and that sort of thing. Um, that's, 
that's BS. Don't be, don't be afraid of the IRS. Don't be afraid if you get a letter in the mail from the IRS that says, hey, you missed this and you missed that. Um, the IRS is people too. And they're, they're actually very complicated to communicate with because of security laws and all this stuff. But they're, they're actually very easy to work with. And if you have a big tax bill and you don't have the money to pay it, they'll finance it for you. They'll give you all kinds of opportunities. Um, so don't be afraid of them. Work with your accountant build a relationship with them and don't be afraid of the IRS. Don't freak out if you get a letter in the mail. Nobody's going to come and arrest you. Nobody's going to take you to jail. You can fix it. The tax accountant can help you do it. And so, you know, it, it's, it's not going to be a fun process, uh, but it's something you've got to do. And so I would say be positive about it. Look at it as an opportunity to sort of review your year and your financial position and sort of start the process of setting goals for next year. Such great advice, Ben. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Dime Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you might be listening and rate and review this podcast. It mean the world to us. To learn more about Dime and how we can provide relief to your organization, visit simpledime.com. Thanks for listening. <music>